Hello and welcome to SEO is not that hard. I'm your host, Ed Dawson, the founder of keywordspeopleuse.com, the solution to finding the questions people ask online. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the first steps in the Google Quality Rater process. In the last podcast, we went through uh, machine learning, the basics of how it works and how Google used machine learning um, to improve their algorithms. As part of that, I briefly mentioned the Google Quality Raters, who are a set of people, I think it's about 16,000 plus people around the world, who are used by Google to rate the quality of individual web pages. In this episode, we'll start to look at the Google Quality Rater guidelines in more detail and the work of the Google Quality Raters. And just to make it easier for me, because I didn't keep tripping up over my words, I'll say raters, I mean Google quality raters, and guidelines will be the Google quality rater guidelines, so I don't have to keep saying <laughs> the whole thing over again and again. Okay, so first things first, some, some very basic things. The raters themselves, when they rate a website, they are not actually ever going to affect that individual website itself from their rating. So if they go to a website and they don't like it and they rate it really low, it's not going to have a negative effect on that website um, in the um, Google search results straight off because um, Google appreciate that different raters are going to um, look at different websites differently and so what they do is they take an aggregate score so they will disregard uh, people who give uh, extremely low ones compared to the average and they'll also disregard extremely people who rate it extremely highly compared to the average they're looking to find the average ratings um, for a website and again even when they've taken the average that average isn't going to affect that individual website directly what these ratings are for is to train a machine learning model so that the um, that model can then get an example of, of here's a whole load of sites that are considered low quality medium quality high quality and all the graduations in between so that it can then build a model from those ratings to then apply to other websites so yeah the, the actual raters themselves if you, so if your site got rated it's not going to have an immediate impact by the um, effects of those individual raters' um, quality thoughts on you. So let's now move to the guidelines themselves. I'll put a link to where you can find a copy of these guidelines in the show notes. Now the guidelines themselves, uh, it's quite a big document, 176 pages of quite dense information, plus links to many examples uh, of websites and content that it refers to. So it's quite a lot to go through, but it's split into three separate parts. Uh, the first part is page quality rating guideline, and this is um, this part explains how um, users, uh, raters should actually um, define what is, a, is and isn't a quality page and the kind of things they need to look for. Um, part two is understanding search user needs. So this is uh, partly of looking at the, the query, the search query that these results are being shown for and seeing whether the pages match the, um, the search intent of the, the users. And then the third part is um, the needs met rating guideline. And that's where uh, the raters will say whether the actual website, how well it met the needs of the users. So it covers three different parts, but today we'll start looking at the page quality rating guidelines, which is the larger part really of um, the guidelines it's probably about half the document um, and we'll start to look at that in the first instance we won't cover the whole lot today but we'll start to to go into, into the beginnings of it so the goal of page quality rating is to evaluate how well a page achieves its purpose the first thing a rater is asked to do is then to understand the purpose of the web page so why the web page was created um, 
Google says most pages are created to be helpful for pe for people. So as long as a page is helpful to someone, then it's got a beneficial purpose and that's a good thing. However, some pages, those created merely to make money um, with little or no effort to help people, these are, um, are seen, deemed as bad pages or low quality pages. And especially those that would um, create it to harm a user, be that, um, you know, to inject malware or viruses or to uh, misinform people. So yeah, it's really important here, clearly that your pages are created to help people and a beneficial reason and aren't just made to make money. And especially you don't want your um, pages to do anything that might be considered harmful to users. Now an interesting note is they say explicitly in the document, as long as the page is created to help people, we will not consider any particular page purpose or type to be higher quality than another. For example, encyclopedia pages are not necessarily higher quality than humour pages. So this is a really key thing to say that they're not differentiating against particular types of um, sites or pages as long as the um, content is designed to be helpful and beneficial to people um, and not to cause harm. Next, a rater is um, told they've got to determine whether the topic of the web page um, is what's known as a your money or your life topic, a YMYL topic. Now, this is important to Google because these topics have a high risk of harm um, because these topics can really impact people's health, financial stability, or the safety of people or their welfare or the well-being of society. And these topics they call your money, your life, or YMYL. So some examples of YMYL are health, health and safety. So anything medical or anything that could encourage people to take um, any kind of particular risks um, with themselves physically. Um, financial, so anything which might encourage people to um, make financial decisions that could, could harm their financial situation, such as bad financial advice. Um, society, so anything that could negatively impact people or groups of people, um, public interest, uh, public institutions, that kind of thing. And um, then they've got a broad other, which is any topics that could hurt people or negatively impact welfare or the well-being of society. So with these YMYL sites, if the rater um, determines that a, the topic of a site or a web page is one of these, then it has, they have to hold the site and the content of the site and the creator of the site to a much higher level of scrutiny and accuracy than sites and pages which are not considered YMYL. So essentially, if you're in one of these topics or have um, classified as one of them, then you really, really have got to be able to level above um, any other kind of topic. Now, Google say that most content online is not YMYL. So for many people and most people, then yeah, it's not going to apply. But if you think you are um, in a YMYL niche or getting close to one, then you really have got to up your game and, and take this, that into account. If you're not sure whether your site or niche is YMYL, then there's a couple of questions that Google here give to their raters who are similarly um, having trouble deciding. So one, would a careful person seek out experts or highly trusted sources to prevent harm? Could even minor inaccuracies cause harm? If yes, then the topic is likely YMYL. And then secondly, if the specific topic, one that most people would be content with only casually consulting their friends about, if yes, the topic is likely not YMYL. So again, look at it in your own um, terms and think, 
is this a, is this something where I would go looking for expert advice on and and think really hard before making a decision on it? That's like to be why and well. If it's something where you, you're never really going to consult people on and it's a, an easy decision or it's you know or it's a cheap decision, then you're not likely to be why and well. Okay, so the raters now worked out the purpose of the page and they've made a decision on whether the um, content on the page is YMYL or just normal content. The next thing they're asked to do is to um, sort of classify the different types of content on the page. And that's split into three parts. Those parts are the main content, the supplementary content, and advertisement slash monetization. Okay, so let's look at each one individually. So main content, what is main content? Well, that's any part of the page which directly helps the page achieve its purpose. So this could be the text, images, videos, um, features like calculators and games. Um, and it's the content created by um, the site creator that helps this particular page achieve its purpose. So it's generally gonna be stuff that's specific to that page. It can include information that's not immediately visible on the page that might be in tabs. So say a tab that you have to click to see customer reviews, that would be considered still part of the main content. And the main content also includes the title that's visible at the top of the page. So not the HTML title, but the title, like the headline title that a page uh, may have, may or may not have. It should have one. It's obviously good practice to have one because they specifically call it out here. And that um, title should be a helpful that summarizes what the main content on the page is. Next is supplementary content. And that's anything on the page which does not directly help the page achieve its purpose, but is in itself useful. Um, commonly, this would be things like navigation, your header, your footer, um, and anything within that's sort of common amongst other pages. So if you think about uh, your own websites, you might have a template that you use, and you know, there's certain elements that appear on every page or on multiple pages, but aren't specifically related to the uh, content of the actually the main content of the page that they, they're repeated elsewhere. So, yeah, that's the supplementary content. The third thing that raters are asked to identify are ads. Now, Google are clear that ads are not necessarily bad and that they can count to a good user experience and that it's normal for many websites to need to monetize their content to pay for the content. The content is expensive to create and expensive to maintain. So they do appreciate that you know it is a necessary part of running a website for many websites. They are also clear that advertisements aren't just banner ads or block ads in your face ads. They also are any kind of a monetization via, say, affiliate programs. So links to other products and other websites may be affiliate links and they're asked to identify those as well. So we've reached the point now where a rater has been asked to understand the purpose of a page and whether it's beneficial or harmful, whether the page is a your money, your life topic or not. And they've identified all the content on the page and determined whether it's main content, supplemental content or advertisement content. But at this point, they're still not being asked to classify the contents of the page. The next step is for the rater to look at the wider website and the content creators. And we'll cover that in the next episode. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe, share. It really helps. SEO is not that hard is brought to you by keywordspeopleuse.com the solution to finding the questions people ask online. See why thousands of people use us every day. Try it today for free at keywordspeopleuse.com. 
you want to get in touch or have any questions, I'd love to hear from you. I'm at Channel 5 on Twitter, or you can email me at podcast at keywordspeopleuse.com. Bye for now, and see you in the next episode of SEO is Not That Hard.